Hello, Interactors. I've been absent the last few weeks. First, our kids were back for spring break, and then I was off to the American Association of Geographers, AAG, National Conference in Denver, Colorado. Both were fun, exhilarating, and inspiring, and I'm bursting with things to write about. We're officially in spring here in the Northern Hemisphere. I now turn to cartography and the role map-making plays in shaping how we interact with people in place. There will be themes of cartography in this initial spring post, but first I'm offering my impressions of the conference. As interactors, you're special individuals self-selected to be a part of an evolutionary journey. You're also members of an attentive community, so I welcome your participation. Please leave your comments below or email me directly. Now let's go. Bringing light to geography. My first impressions of my first geography conference springs to life. Burrito Boys. It's got a nice kick to it, he said, as I sat down to join him for breakfast. He introduced himself as Mark. He lifted his attendee badge that hung around his neck. It read, Mark Schwartz. We broke the awkwardness by talking men's basketball. The Kansas Jayhawks, my mom's beloved team, had recently been eliminated from the NCAA tournament. He informed me he got his Ph.D. from Kansas in 1985 and is now teaching and researching at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee in the Geography Department. Mark is a climatologist. More specifically, he's one of the foremost experts in phenoclimatology, which looks at the effects of climate change on seasonal variability. We humans look to the calendar to tell us when spring arrives, but what if you're an ant or a plant? They already know, so phenologists look for the biological responses to seasonal changes. Phenology comes from two Greek words that roughly combine to mean the study of bringing to light. Mark co-founded the National Phenology Network, NPN. This is where the world turns to see when spring is officially arriving across the United States, including journalists. Here's a story from the Washington Post on this spring's arrival and the NPM website. It features quotes from Mark. Before long, another gray-haired man joined us. I observed older attendees at this conference naturally congregated. Gerontology, from Geron and Logia, the study of old men. Our new guest introduced himself as Ron, I could tell he was older than Mark and myself, and I was right. When I was three years old in 1968, Ron Abler was getting his Ph.D. in geography from the University of Minnesota. Soon after, in 1971, he was the lead author on an influential geography textbook on spatial organization. He went on to teach and conduct research at Pennsylvania State University, and was the president of the AAG from 1985 to 86. There's an AAG award named after Ron, the Ronald F. Abler Distinguished Service Honors. Mark was a recipient in 2005. We were soon joined by another older gentleman, but closer to my age. 
He introduced himself as Joseph, and I read his badge as Joseph Apong. He was the recipient of the Abler Award in 2021 and studies medical geography at North Texas State University. He received his master's in 1986 and Ph.D. in 1992 from the University of Alberta in Canada and his bachelor's at the University of Ghana in 1982. Joseph was one of few at the Conference of African Descent, but like the rest of America, the geographic, cultural, and biological diversity of this academic community is increasing. This was apparent in my first session on the first day of the conference. Just Geography The morning before my breakfast with the Burrito Boys, I attended a panel consisting of four young academic women of indigenous, Hispanic, black, and mixed heritage. It included Fantasia Painter, an assistant professor of global and international studies at UC Irvine, Elise Hatch-Rivera, a student seeking a law degree at McAllister in Minnesota, Gabriella Subia-Smith, a Ph.D. candidate in geography at the University of Colorado, and Dr. Danielle Purifoy, a geography professor at the University of North Carolina with a law degree from Harvard. The conference theme was Toward More Just Geographies, and this session was a fitting kickoff. It was titled Futile Borders, why Borders Fail, and How Borders Function in the Incomplete Project of Settler Colonialism. These scholars, all of whom have a legal focus to their work, challenge the popular and simplified notion of borders as articulated in both popular culture and legal text of the United States. They drew attention to the violence these words perpetuate through legal acts of interdiction, deterrence, and deportation. The panel description cites research pointing to settler state violence and legal spatial violence that permeate borders through border enforcement practices of surveillance and detention, and also through attempts to map over indigenous lands and nations by creating colonial certainty over jurisdiction and national membership. While these laws exist to protect the rights of some, it is through law, legal decision-making, and formal processes, policies, and practices that legal spatial border violence is enacted and sustained. It is the law, as currently written, that help form, manage, and control borders and mobility that weaponize state violence and operate to assert settler legal authority. During the discussion, one of the presenters positioned legal texts as a form of fiction that feature fantasy borders on maps that ignore the non-fiction realities of plant and animal existence, persistence, and relationships, including with humans. These fictions provide the legal reach of the state to extend externally and outwards in order to preserve imperial power while regulating and restricting immigration and mobility through racialized strategies. This panel was a powerful introduction to the conference. 
It featured perspectives of bright, ambitious academic women of color who are bringing miles and piles of fresh knowledge to the academy and students. Many similar sessions were offered by women and BIPOC scholars who seek to challenge traditional institutional geographic histories, knowledge, and perspectives pervasive in the field of geography. I attended at least one a day for five days straight, but there were so many I couldn't attend them all. The field of geography and cartography in particular was invented in large part to discern and delineate the natural world for the purpose of dispossession and ownership of land and people for and by private and government actors. As one attendee told me, cartography barely has a just leg to stand on. Consequently, these forums and platforms act as a mirror to the discipline of geography. They offer opportunities for scholars and practitioners to become more self-aware, reflective, and critical of geography's past and future. If sustained, this focus, attention, and prioritization of pluralized perspectives has the power to transform the discipline, to tilt the world toward more just geographies. It's a tilting earth that brings about seasonal change. Mark Schwartz and his team of geographers maintain a map that chronicles the bringing of light to the natural world. It offers no human bias, no imperial agenda, and reveals just how fictional borders really are. Phenoclimatology reveals human-induced climate change is causing spring's arrival to become increasingly meteorologically erratic and extreme. Many scholars at this conference pointed to how settler state-induced human and environmental violence have contributed to these climate changes. They also showed how these forms of legal, economic, and spatial geographies are causing increasingly erratic and extreme societal injustices and imbalances. They chronicle and remap a discipline by bringing light to the world of geography.